The McElroy brothers are not experts, and their advice should never be followed. Travis insists he's a sexpert, but if there's a degree on his wall, I haven't seen it. Also, this show isn't for kids, which I mention only so the babies out there will know how cool they are for listening. What's up, you cool baby? It's familiar, but not too familiar, but not too Welcome, my brother and my brother, mean advice show for the modern era. I'm your oldest brother, Justin McElroy. I'm your middlest brother, Travis McElroy. And me, I'm your sweet baby brother, Griffin McElroy. Gather ye round, children. Oh, God. Oh, geez, here we come. I have ye a story to tell. Are you going to talk about ye. Are you going to talk about the true crime that happened to you? I'm going to tell you about the true crime that happened to me this this past fortnight. It was a, like a couple days ago. Okay, we got to stop right now. Is this a horror story or is it a, cr- a true crime story? Because you're kind of doing both things. I tell you, Griffin, it is a true crime story about the horror of humanity, the dark passenger that lives in all men's souls. Okay. So God. I submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. Travis lost some furniture. The story of the missing patio furniture. <laughs> Her tale of this tale through campfires, but it, it's, it's telling has been. I, uh, I swear uh, it happened changed. to a friend of a friend of mine. I thought that this was internet creepypasta, like a Slenderman. No, it's true. The the patio furniture was stolen. Uh, I Teresa and I, when we lived at our last apartment, had a set of patio furniture. When we moved to the new apartment, there was no room for it, so we chained it together with our bikes. In front of, like, in our covered parking space, you just made a little, you made a little theft honey pot. Yeah, of the two, of the two most desired to be stolen things: patio furniture and bicycles. But we covered it in a tarp, Griffin, which seemed to remove it from. That's just gift. That's gift wrap for stealers. We shadowed it from the world, and the world could not find it behind the tarp in which we hid it to keep it safe from prying eyes. And so now, in our move, we've decided not to take any of that shit with us. So we sold the bikes in like 10 minutes, but we couldn't seem to get rid of the patio furniture. Now, this patio furniture was all chained together in an awkward way, stacked atop one another. Mm. We were mm. gone for about an hour. We came back. It was gone. We were very frustrated, but at the same time, we had been trying to get rid of it, though for money yeah, and for not, money, not, not for free. Not for no money. So I was perturbed. Sounds, it sounds like you lost a really good chain and tarp as well. So I like was most mad. Injury. I just bought a heavy-duty lock for like $25 that I was going to use on a storage unit, mm. and I was using on the chain, and that was stolen. And that was what bummed me out more than anything. That lock was not two hours old. So I took the dog on a walk, hoping that maybe I could like, I guess, scope the furniture sitting in someone's front yard. The perfect crime. And I did not find it. And I got back to our apartment and there was a dude like chilling out on our steps of our apartment and he lives in the building. And I was like, hey, you didn't by some chance like see a truck pull up and like take some patio furniture. And he was like, what color? As though though there were a bunch of patio furniture. I saw some red furniture get took. Was that you? I saw some yellow last week. Was that you? And so I was like, well, the patio furniture was black. 
And he was like, oh, it's in the back of the building. What? And I was like, in the back of this building? He was like, yeah. So like, I walked back there, still chained together. It was behind the building. So Did- someone had moved it from our parking spot. Okay. I guess ostensibly to plan on breaking apart the chain later. Yeah. And using yeah it- or maybe the fact that you left a fucking eyesore out the that's it was a it was a covered you could not see it from the street a cover didn't make it invisible trav you could you couldn't see it from the street the only way you would have known the furniture was there was by walking into our parking spot what are you talking okay but like it's an eyesore i mean it's an they probably thought they weren't worried about the beautification of our parking spot then yes it's an eyesore I'm saying it's that's never part of anybody's landscaping. I don't care if it was a tarp or covered or what. The property brothers are never like, and now we got a really nice tarp out here for you, covering some things we can't sell. Like that's not. <laughs> well, they thing. don't show that on the show, but I guarantee there's a, there's always a tarp part, uh, just like tucked into every corner of I every think property brother's house. Wh- whoever and you're did not this, allowed to look under it. Whoever did this just changed from a, a, a horror cr- true crime story to a hero story because whoever did this had to work very hard to move this big chain together bulky furniture thing i'm talking about a john henry size two cows stacked up like that's how big i'm talking of a man or or a woman or person just like grab all this furniture and threw it behind it must have been really hard for them to do it and they only did it because you made such an ugly thing you made it, it a really no, ugly it was thing in not the world that. it was a beautiful sculpture of furniture and chain that they ruined and now that furniture is sitting in my living room because now I'm now like Howard afraid. Hughes and I yeah. don't trust the world and I can't put it back out there or it'll just be gone. And maybe this time I never find it again. You want to get rid of it. Yeah, but I want to get don't rid of want it for it. money. I'm an American, Justin. I want money for my goods and services. How much? You- I, would re- I would really like to know, like, unless you need patio furniture in your home, what is step two after stealing a bunch of patio furniture? Like, yeah. where do you go to buy stolen patio furniture? And where pier, do you pier put one, it that it's not going to get scoped? Fucking Pier 1 Imports. A lot of people don't know this about Pier 1 Imports. It's a, is it's, that what the, it's a, so those quotation marks around imports <laughs> means? I've always wondered. Um, yeah. If you actually rearrange the letters in Pier 1 Imports, it's stole. Piop, yep, yep. So... <laughs> Which is Missy Elliott for patio furniture. Yeah, just just stuff to keep in mind. Everything in Pier One Imports is stolen. You take it down Hot. to Pier. You take it down to Jimmy at Pier One. He'll he'll fence it for you right quick. Whenever someone says it fell off the back of a truck, it's always a Pier One Imports truck. Yeah, that's true. Um, they have they have the worst trucks in the business. I just want to say I wanted to make a point that this is Travis's final um, bim bam. That's going to have that like. Hollywood sheen, yeah. you know what I mean? This like I've gotten really used. One. I've gotten really used to all of our, um, uh, all of our stuff having like that Hollywood sheen. Yeah, um, and we're gonna lo- we're about to lose that for good. And I'm I'm glad we're getting in like some of this true Hollywood stuff under the wire. Like the time that someone moved furniture that Travis left outside. That's that's the kind of stuff that only happens in LA. Travis, can I ask you a question? Do you think it was Tom Hanks who did the furniture move? <laughs> Griffin, can I tell you? It yeah. reeked of Tom Cruise. Like Tom Cruise. If there's one thing I know about Cruise, he loves patio furniture. I am just so grateful to Travis for reserving this story for us and not selling it to this American Life or Risk or another audio story, the moth, perhaps, like audio storytelling format. Yeah, actually, I'm going to do it on Song Exploder. <laughs> <laughs> 
what a departure for them. Yeah, it's a you can really pick up the treble. It was treble. just too juicy. Yeah, it was just too. They couldn't pass up the opportunity to break this story. Hey, How, give me a question, please. I'm I got one feeling for you. ready Piping for it. Hot. I recently came home to find my garbage can and recycling bin sitting in the street. Whoa. How about this synergy? Normally, I would have just attributed it to the wind, but my neighbors were placed perfectly upright back. There's a possessive there. This is not describing the position of their neighbors. Their neighbors. (laughs) Well, my neighbors were standing perfectly in the middle of the street. Our neighbors, who are sealed in a giant Tupperware like that one episode of Erie, Indiana, were placed perfectly upright back where I remember seeing them in the morning. I thought my relationship with the folks picking up my trash was all right, but this has me rethinking that. Have I angered my garbage man? Can we get back to where we used to be? And that's Jess from North Bay, Ontario. Wait, what? Hold on. I don't know. Wait. I don't know that I've ever given two thoughts to what my current relationship with the garbage uh, people mm. collecting my garbage is cool. Like, wow, that must be a fucking relief. Considering I probably think about it once a day. Yeah, really? That oh, I'm are not you a homeowner. Kidding me? You are both homeowners. My dumpster gets removed and put back without my knowledge every week. Um, my relationship is such that I put some really, I put, <laughs> I put some off the grid stuff out there. Things that like I don't expect them to take, but they always do take it. Yeah. And then sometimes there's like a lot of boxes because I got on a wild tear and started ordering a bunch of like garbage from eBay, like a bunch of like FMV games from eBay. And there's like boxes upon boxes out there. And I'm so certain they hate my guts that, well, one, obviously, as everyone should, I tip them at Christmas time, just run out there and hand them a a little uh, a little bonus to get their beaks wet. But I have actually taken to, oh God, this is embarrassing. I've actually taken to, when the garbage men come, I take my daughter outside and pretend that she loves garbage trucks. Oh, as children do, To try to like soften the relationship. Like she waves to them and they wave back. And I think there's no way they're going to be mad at me anymore after this one. I would they're like to be on the garbage side of that where they're just like, we're never coming back to the oh little girl. All right, one more. All week. right, one more. One we'll more come back. We'll, we'll do them one more day. I um I go really hard on bulk trash pickup day. So much so that I've stopped getting the flyers telling me when that day is. What is this? I don't understand. Bulk trash pickup day is just like it's literally just anything goes. That was yeah, the original it's name like of your it. Couch day. Yeah, just like fucking whatever. Dog throw throw your life away day. Um. And so, like, I get worried that they're just going to stop coming to my house. And so I have a big pile in my garage of, like, good trash that I will put on top of the bad (laughs) trash to try and entice them into grabbing my can. So, like, underneath the – I'll I'll spend all day, like, throwing away old onions and, like, you know – stinky peppers and all kinds of stuff just a compost and all old old racist newspapers just like putting all that bad trash in there and then I'll, on top of that i'll layer like the box of an imported perfume and i'll put that on top and so they open it and a they'll see it and be like this is some good trash we love this guy <laughs> and b if they want to just take the take that good trash for their own um then that's not how it works. Well, if I they mean, wanted, if to they hear. just want to stick it to their backs like the trash people in the labyrinth. Yeah, to make themselves bigger and more protected, then then they can do that. <laughs> or, or like, no, I think they would take it and they go back to the trash offices and then they show it to all their friends. Like, look what I found today, boys! It's an, a perfume box. I don't even know where it's from. I think Azerbaijan. 
No, they get frisked every day, so that that would be. Impossible oh, we can't leave. No, 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 you don't leave with the nice trash, but you can, you know, you can hide it in your locker and show it to your friends. So. Maybe what you want to do to to fix this back up is to take Griffin's plan one step further, and when they lift the lid off the trash, you just spread some bills around the top of the trash. Like there's just some like twenties, maybe a fifty or two. In yeah, there. be careful though, because they don't always open. Here's the thing about garbage men, people. They don't always lift the can lid up to see if you've hidden good trash in there for them to take home to their wife and child. You're going to have, hang, you have to hang a note from the tree. Money, in, good, money in this. Yes, but it can't say good trash because then, then anybody, anybody, anybody come would by. come get it. Damn it. So it's got Not only that, if they bad. don't open up the lid and you throw away all those bills, you've done a federal uh, crime. You have to do a secret code that only the garbage will understand. Something like bad trash, too stinky for all. Yeah. Avoid at all costs. Uh, banana peels, wink emoji. For trash eyes only. <laughs> yeah. Because that's what they, that's what, it's sort of like script. Like they bring home, how many cans did you bring in today, Roger? And Roger's like, 400 cans. It's like, damn, here's 20 banana peels. And that's how they pay them. Oh, that's the company store? That's the company store. And then you trade in the banana peels for uneaten bananas. So it's like a one in, one out sort that's, of economy. That's solid recycling. Yeah, dude, though. like all the nanners you want, essentially. My relationship with them has improved to the point. I'll tell you how it fell apart. We have, a, instead of bulk trash pickup day, we have like you call the city and say, hey, listen, once a month you can call and it's like no questions asked. As, dirt, as dirty as <laughs> All you want to be. Are off. Yeah, nasty as you can get, just like whatever. And a lot of times it's like furniture that I'm getting rid of our place because, you know, we did that thing when we first got married. It was just like buying like whatever we could cobble together at Target or whatever. And then we're like, okay, well, this is falling apart because <laughs> it costs $20. Yeah. So I need to dispose of it. And I left it out there and then called the city. But I left. I put it out there on trash day, and then the trash guys took it. But I'd already called. And I want to say, no, no, no. This isn't for you. I understand. This is like above and beyond trash. You don't have to do this. You don't You're have, better than don't this. Don't take this heat. You can't stand don't take this, this heat. heat. I know it's probably just you coming back with a different truck later. But like, don't take this heat. You can't handle it. Can we? Take, but then they did. So that's how I got mad at me. Can we take a second to address the fact that like. If you work at all in like the trash collection industry, you are a fucking hero. Yeah, I don't know how you do. Like, I don't like to touch my own trash, let alone the trash of hundreds of strangers. The very idea Ooh. of trash makes me very sad. Like, not sad. Like, oh, look at all this trash is being thrown away. But that I have to deal with it in my own home makes me sad. And yeah. I wish that there were a robot to do it for me. So the fact that you like do it and take. Take that heat for us. I just want to take a moment, if you're listening, to know hey, that I appreciate you. you. Now, hey, Ashley, if you are listening, maybe we get a new segment out of this, like weird trash, trash stories. Like, ooh, like yes. what's the weirdest thing that anybody's ever thrown away that you've ever collected? Just write in with the um, subject line trash stories, and I don't want to hear it if you're not in the industry. Yeah, I want to hear yeah. it from people who are like in the biz or have been in the biz and at like, one point. Send us a JPEG of your own personal treasure hoard of the great trash that you found over the years and you've just kind of squirreled it away in your den. If the trash uh, comedy minute works starring Emilio Estevez and Charlie Sheen have taught me anything, it's that trash people go through the trash, they show like funny things that they show to each other. Love that. And like, then they, I think, get wrapped up in like maybe a kidnapping or some kind of- They probably get kidnapped. Crime yeah. syndicate. I can't remember what happens in that movie after the point where they're rummaging through other people's trash. Yeah. But like, I know there's funny stories. Uh, dude, I, you know it's fucking funny though. Yeah. One, one time I had a trash can that I hated, and you can't get rid of trash cans you hate because 
are you going to do? Put them in a bigger can? It's ridiculous. So one time when there was a windstorm, I saw that my trash can had been blown across the street and down a steep driveway into like my neighbor's backyard. And I just thought, mm, Je- this is good. Jesus, take this the wheel. <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. He's what, migrated. Three days, three days later, in, in what I... I, I it's honestly like kind of infuriating, but obviously it was a miracle. They kind of like, they brought it in. They found it on their doorstep. And they're like, oh, little fella, you seem to be in need of a home. Mm. You're going to be our trash tags. can now. Yeah. And I was like, oh, thank God I can buy a new, better trash can because I hate that old one. But I still kind of resented it because they didn't try to find an owner. They didn't nah, go no. door to door knocking. Just one day go over there and just like, that's mine. Yeah. Um, do you want a Yahoo? Please. This one was sent in by Morgan Davey, who sent in so many fucking amazing ones that i feel like we need to give them uh a a, a title um and captain, i think that morgan, morgan morgan davies yahoo gravy is like we could <laughs> refer to like the ones that they send them that they send in. okay i love that i think here comes a dot here comes a dollop of that morgan davy yahoo gravy uh it's from yahoo answers user sorry something has gone wrong has this platform just completely collapsed does nothing on this fucking platform work anymore this is the last. This is. The I'm not kidding. Rest. I think they're just. I think they're slow pulling it slowly, falling slowly, like the movie once. Anyway, George Gunt asks, "Has anyone invented a pornographic kite?" What? Has anyone invented a pornographic kite? I think it would be a great idea. Imagine how excited you would be to teach a child how to fly a stupid kite if you know there was going to be boobs on it as soon as God's grace it into the air. I would pay good money for a, a breast kite. And now, I think that's I think that's close minded. I think we could do any sort of pornographic material on the kite. Yeah, I feel like boobs is just so Let's not note. say that. Let's just not say the word. I, I bosoms. I think bosoms is far Ugh, worse. It's far too uh, A to B. Let's A to C this stuff. Let's A to D it. You know what I mean? Like let's make so it put a dick on there. I, or or I'm saying full on like scene. Yeah, no, it'll be a scene. It's it'll be a scene, Trav. No matter what, this porn kite is gonna be a scene. But here's the thing, Griffin. I feel like the question asker is only envisioning a printed on scenario. I'm saying this is a kite shaped like a pornographic scene. Oh, uh, see, okay, you you've really jumped from A to D there, Trav. Because I think you, we're Griffin. not even on we're not even on B yet. So let's start the, the B is for bosoms. Okay, I think. It's just a kite with a pornographic scene on it. And if you fly a kite that has nudity on it at a park or mm-hmm. a beach or an airport, mm-hmm. don't do it in an airport, actually. I, felt, I just thought about it. You're going to get sucked into the you'll jets. Get, well, or at the very least, you'll get tangled up on the wing, and then we, you're flying around outside of the plane. Ugh. It's going to be one of Ugh. those two, though. One of those little prints kind of scenarios. Uh, yeah, one of those um, uh, Mission Impossible ghost protocols. Sure. Um, and so you're flying the kite, and it has uh, nudity on it. And then I think nobody could really get mad at you because it's all it's all the way up in the sky. And you can be <laughs> well, like, you that, can't even prove that's mine. It's until, way up. But in then the they're sky. they're all waiting for it to land to prove that it's pornographic, and that's your challenge to keep it up in the air until they all go home. <laughs> you're you're the only response. Like I, I think you could have a pretty good cover is if you act like it surprised you, but you don't know what to do now. Like, oh come on. 
Come on, get back down here. This is ridiculous. I swear, when I, I went up, it had clothes on. I don't know what happened. Uh, it blew it. The wind blew its clothes off. Oh man. Oh, I like that move. I it's mean, the that's wind. A, I think the wind. <laughs> come on. I'm saying the easier sell is if it's all the way up in the sky, you can disavow ownership of the kite because it's so far up there. Nobody. How do, how can you prove that this is mine? Oh, like it's in the stratosphere. Like, oh, it's this this kite belongs to God now. Right. I might be holding a string that is tethering the kite to terra firma, but that doesn't I don't own it. It's so it's so it's so far up in the sky. You know what I mean? Like if I well, if, if you have a porno balloon and you let go of it, it's this it's it's in the sky. I can't own this. They actually can't arrest you either because that crime is happening in the sky. So as we all know, it falls under avian law. Yeah. And they cannot arrest you for they that because you're on the court. ground. Yeah, you're out of their jurisdiction. Like they can kind of like look like the bird cops can kind of look at it like, ugh, these guys. Distasteful. Again, I think the best porno kite you could have yeah. rather than like obviously a lentricular scene that evolves as you as it flies through the air. That would be amazing. Mm-hmm. I would like to see kind of just like a naked man who is aware that he's flying. So he's sort oh, of cool. like, <laughs> so he's like living two dreams at once. Like, uh-huh. wow, why is this happening? Yeah. Um, lentricular material, I think, will be too heavy mm-hmm. to catch, yes. for, to take flight, unfortunately. Yes. Um, but I think we could get the naked man dream going. Does he have My his arms up is- over his head like Superman? Yeah, and it's a human-sized kite, and the background is clear. So, like, oh. if you just looked up there, it'd be like, "Holy shit, Superman done lost his mind." Yeah. Now, the thing from is, the Justin, ground. I'm, I'm gonna say my worry here is it's not pornographic enough. It sounds mm-hmm. like it's because there's just, nothing pornographic about it. Well, it's just nudity. You know what I mean? Like that's that is a nude kite. Well, well the, you got to give him a facial expression that looks like he's up to something. Yeah. Ah, that's okay. a, I don't know. Yeah, I know it when I see it, you know, and that yeah. certainly has a look. He certainly has a look of, like, surprise at flight, yeah. but also, yeah. Well, maybe, I, he's, yeah. maybe he's cranking his hog. <laughs> <laughs> that's one thing that could happen. And maybe that, the hog crank sort of mechanism <laughs> is attached to the string, and so you can really just get it going. <laughs> Vroom! That's not the kite sound, but kites he don't winded, have a sound. You wind it up with the rubber band real tight before you let it go. Yeah. And then once it's up there, it's just like off to the races. And when the rubber band runs out, it just drifts back to earth. And that's the end. That's the end of the show. Everybody go home. The kids get out of here. I think my favorite part of this question is the word inventing. Yeah. Because I would like to see that laboratory. I'm just saying, invented is a weird way to put it. When was the last time someone invented any kind of kite rather than just like making a kite? Doug Funny's dad invented the fighter kite. I don't know if you guys remember that. <laughs> that was the most pornographic episode of Doug, by the yeah, way. Yeah, that's true. Because um, then Mr. Uh, Mr. Fink, was that his name? Frank? Mm-hmm. What was his fucking name? Mr. Funny is Doug Funny's dad. Well, but then he had the about? weird neighbor who was also an inventor who Mr. was Fink. like. Mr. Dink was like, yeah, let's put some drugs on there. <laughs> and then La- Roger Klotz is like, sexy kite funny. That's really good, Griffin. Oh, Griffin, you've been hiding a perfect Roger Klotz under that a bushel. That was really good Roger Klotz. I'm going to crank my hog to that later, funny. <laughs> well, hold on. Well, Watch me crank my hog. Oh, funny. No. 
Oh, no, no, no. No, not like this. No, no, this is ruined. Uh, I recently moved into a shared house and have several new roommates. Four of us own cars, but there's only one parking space in the driveway, which has been claimed by the person who has lived there the longest. Every other place I've lived was to treat the driveway like a first-come, first-serve. As the newest member of the household, I don't want to rock the boat too much by questioning the validity of their claim, but it hardly seems fair they should have the driveway reserved for them based on seniority while the rest of us battle for street parking. Is their claim acceptable? Do I risk creating drama by bringing it up? Added info, this person isn't someone I want to pick a fight with. They're opinionated, hot-headed, and controlling. That's from Powerless Parker in Portland. Um... I've been watching Deadwood for the first time, and let me say this about vis vis claims. You best watch out about cla- yeah. don't about stepping on claims because uh, that's how you end up getting pigs. If anybody says that they want to reconnoiter the parking space, yeah, you ain't gonna reconnoiter shit, dog. Don't do it. You're gonna get I, f- you're gonna get flung. I have a plan for okay. this person. All right, I, I've been playing the Game of Thrones board game. A lot of HBO sort of dramas are sort of informing our HBO strategy this time. Yeah, and in in the Game of Thrones board game, there's like there's victory tracks. Okay. And you you like if you want to hold the Iron Throne, you do it through bidding with your power. So what if rather than like you all bid money to see who gets the parking space, and when the person who wins that money goes to buy dinner for the other people in the house. Are you fucking kidding? Like, to here's what you'll get. Either one nice dinner or not have to street park for a year. Well, but hear me. I'm not done. At any point, well, let's say after a week, anytime after a week, someone can call a new bid to order. Maybe they've had, like, a bonus at work or they had, like, a really good sale or they sold off their Xbox so that they could park at the driveway, and they they call a new bid, and and so everybody bids again, and it's constantly up for grabs. There's going to be a lot of power struggle. It, I don't think it's going to make things easier, but it, I've mm-hmm. watched a lot of Game of Thrones, and I think it's going to be a lot sexier, a lot more exciting. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of intrigue, a lot of whispers. Someone's going to be probably killed. The little birds. Little are birds. Be- they're doing their thing. Uh, here's an night building off of Travis's bad idea with a good one. Well, what hold on, we it just were, needs some polish. <laughs> well, uh, allow me. Uh, what if you put a price on the parking space? So yeah, you that's... said, Hey, listen, I want your parking space, I'm willing to pay 50 more dollars in rent per month, and that is a trickle down benefit to everybody else. So you can either take $50 off that person's rent or split it up with the rest of the house, everybody's winning, and you're just flaunting your affluence. Because if, honestly, you don't want first come, first serve, that's a nightmare. You'll yeah. never leave the house. All your ideas what? have been bad so far. Okay. Okay. The right answer is you, all of you sell your cars. Oh, and you it's a little, hold nice. on. This is a little gift of the Magi, Griffin. No, no, no. You Well, you haven't let me fucking finish. This would be like if Gift of the Magi was like, I need a watch band. I love my hair. The end. <laughs> um, no, you sell all your cars, you put all that money in a pool, you buy, there's four of you? Yes. You buy four scooters, right? Scooters are much smaller, much more fun to ride, very uh, usable in Portland. You have a scooter race, and then whoever wins the race gets to use the driveway. 
But if they you have buy fourth, their car back and they buy their car back, you have to everybody else who oh that's it, Justin. We're doing this shit for pinks. They you do the scooter race. Whoever wins gets to all the scooters. Can sell as many scooters as they want to buy back a car that then they get to use in the driveway. And nobody else has cars anymore, so you don't have to worry about parking them on the street. So you know, in the in the uh, short-lived HBO series Vinyl, uh, right. there was. <laughs> I don't actually. I didn't actually watch Vinyl. Okay, um, I, I can tell I, you guys about Entourage. There's the episode where Vince buys everybody a car. Does that help you? In a television show, Big Love, a very tall man loves a a, a very tall woman as well, just very much, and it's sort of like a good romance story mm. and so just love each other and just like the car thing will work itself out that's beautiful that's really that's good beautiful griffin did who's the f- okay i do have to say though you entered into this house understanding this arrangement i don't know if the fault lies with you for not understanding the politics before you moved in or the fault lies with the others for bringing in a, a usurper you probably had a look about you of a usurper. Oh yes. And the fact that they would still bring you into their home, maybe the maybe the blame is on them. I don't know. They they should be screening better for usurpers. At the very least, you I don't know. I just feel like some kind of monthly rotation. Yeah. There you go. Some, that's nice and I mean that's good. Something where it's just like we all acknowledge that this is because right now, this is so non-mutually beneficial and so ironclad. Like this this person is a despot. This person who has been there the longest and says the car is mine is a despot and must be overthrown. Hey, how about you just hey, listen, come close. How about you just fucking park? Just Ooh, fucking I like park this. there. What are a they gonna coup. do? Yeah. Then, oh, you don't like my car there? Go outside and lift it, tough guy. Go outside and pick it up and move well, it Well, wait, it sounds like this person could do that because they're very big. If they do that, then they earn the spot. They deserve it. And that, that gives you a reason to go get cut so you can lift their car up. Oh, I like this. It becomes a strongman competition. Exactly. Um, what if it's Brock Lesnar, though, and he just eats the car? <laughs> That's another. Whoa, 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 whoa. Eat his car. If you eat his car uh-huh. piece by piece yes. at a pace at which he will not recognize it's happening, and then one day he goes and he parks his rear view mirror out there, and he's like, man, this thing just doesn't have the get up and go it used to. You eat that last piece, and he's like, I thought I had a car. I guess not. And you are dead, <laughs> but there is a good thing that you can park there whenever you want. Uh, just real quick, Dad just texted uh, all of us. Um, ask It's just saying that he's about to make a Jungle Gyms run. And wants to know if we want him to pick us up any food. Uh, can you, can, can you uh, text him and see, ask if they have any instant horchata? I would just love a bag of that. Okay. I had some at the beach and it was top. Well, that, is, well that would be for you. So I think you could probably swing that maybe when we're done recording. I'm, gonna, I'm recording a podcast okay, right now. Travis says a it. bag of pig buttholes. <laughs> so this is, we're having a lot of fun with this text chain with our dad. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a corollary on Travis uh, uh, that he wants Cajun flavor. Yeah, but fl- make sure you blast those butts. <laughs> um, let's uh, go to the money zone. I want to tell everybody about how I sleep. Okay. I have a, a little pillow shaped like a crunch bar that I sn- nestle into my arms. Uh, it's a Nestle's Crunch Bar for nestling in my arms. That's a super I, weird way to do the 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 do your sleeping. I think. 
Well, I used to have a log-shaped pillow, but I just upgraded to this crunch bar pillow. This log-shaped pillow, you used, sorry, just a quick aside, you used to take it with you traveling everywhere, and you would sort mm-hmm. of hang it from a strap of your backpack, and when you did that, and I do not want to get blue here, folks, but it was like, um, it was like uh, a like diagram of a scrotum with testes that they might have at like a doctor's office or like maybe they would bring it to like a, a middle school to like teach boys about like sort of their pizone down there. So, so clinical was this diagram that Justin would take with him just walking around like his backpack had truck nuts as he went to, you know, E3 or PAX East or what have you. Uh, yes, that's true. I did have truck nuts for my backpack, but now that that part is done with. Um, and, uh, now we've moved on to the crunch pillow. Anyway, this is like not the point, but the point is I'm sleeping on bowl and branch sheets and they're the most comfortable, best sheets that I've ever slept on in my entire life. Whether you're a four hour night type or more like a 10 hour night type, bowl and branch makes getting a good night's sleep possible with their super comfortable sheets. And they, they don't just sell sheets. They have, they have duvet covers. They have, uh, so, so much great towels, sheets, blankets, everything. And here's the best part. If you go online to bowlandbranch.com, that's B-O-L-L and branch.com, they'll let you try them risk-free for 30 nights. If you don't love them, you can send them back. You have nothing to lose. If you go today, you get 20% off your entire order if you uh, go to bowlandbranch.com and use promo code MYBROTHER. You'll get 20% off your entire order. Um, They come beautifully packaged. They are the best sheets you will ever sleep on. I guarantee it. Uh, so go check it out. Bowl, B-O-L-L, and branch.com. Promo code MYBROTHER. Travis, tell me all about Trunk Club, because I know you've been getting your fashion game right. So we all like pants, right? I I disagree with the whole sort of premise of your assertion. So listen, here's the thing. I was recently talking with people about this whole cargo shorts thing. We're not going to get into that here, but I was talking with people about fashion. And somebody made the claim of, like, I don't care about fashion. Fashion is not important to me. And listen, right? I understand that. I feel the same way. I don't know two shits about fashion. But I mm-hmm. went into Trunk Club. I did, like, a fitting with a stylist. And what I ended up with, and I can't stress this enough, the best-looking and most comfortable pair of jeans I've ever owned in my entire life. Like, I, wow. don't, I don't know what it is about them, but they both look great. And they are my favorite pair of pants to wear. And so that was my first kind of view into the fact that maybe this fashion thing is onto something. And it's not just about looking good, but it's also about feeling good. So if you've been away from fashion because you don't know, I got two words for you. Trunk club. What? Trunk club. Trunk club. You can maybe make it into one word, but that's not what it is. Anyway, it doesn't matter. What it is is you go on Trunk Club, you tell them what kind of clothes you're looking for and what kind of events like you would wear them to for work, for parties, for outings, for fancy occasions, for doing podcast live shows. And you tell them like, what your style is, and they're going to come back at you with some amazing suggestions. They're going to ship it to you. You're going to try it on. You're going to keep what you like. You're going to ship back what you don't. And you're only going to pay for what you keep. It's it's an amazing deal. And it's it's like having your own personal stylist because that's exactly what it is. Like, I was going to make that into a simile. But yeah. you just do have a stylist. When you, you ship out. the clothes back to them that you didn't want to wear, 
Do you include some like fun-sized candy bars with it to just be like, hey, thanks, thanks for trying? I just put some bills in there. Um, so we're all 20s. just kind of about just like giving money to people who we're afraid we've upset for some reason. Yes. Or will upset in the future. I don't want them to be mad at me because I didn't like that pair of pants. Sure. So here's there's $20 in the pocket. And there's a Three Musketeers. Bar. Oh, it's melted all over. Oh, the pants are ruined. Oh, God. Oh, God. Please. Please. Not like this. Um, and so it's expert advice, amazing clothes, and you can get started today by going to trunkclub.com slash my brother. And when you do that, you're going to type in your measurements, share your likes and dislikes, and you get your own personal stylist when you use that code, my brother. So go to trunkclub.com slash my brother and get all set up today. Get your sexy on, as Mr. Justin Timberlake would say. Can you request a name? If he forgot the lyrics to his own song. <laughs> Can you request the name of the stylist that you want? Can I be like, I want, I want someone named Trey to yeah. tell me what kind of vest to wear. Yeah. I and want a, I want a Bernice to be like, here's your vest, Griffin. And listen, here's the coolest part for me. If you live in Dallas, New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, D.C., or coming this fall, Charleston, South Carolina, Aww. they have clubhouses where basically you can go try on the clothes. fucking kicking the door like, where's Trey at? Where's Bernice? I need some pants, Trey! Um, Hey, I got a personal message here. Uh, We do Jumbotrons on this show, and this is one of them. It's a message for Kristen, and it's from Stone, who says, hey... Things are so good that I figured I would have the brothers relay this message. I know you won't marry me, but how about we start that perpetual engagement? The ring is forthcoming, but a Jumbotron is cheaper. So I started here. Love you so much, and thanks for putting up with my shit during D&D. Man, I really hope that Kristen and Stone are in some kind of a relationship that doesn't make this weird. No, it's probably probably good. I mean, they're they're fellow D&D players, so... Well, they definitely know each other, but maybe they've never had any romantic entanglement whatsoever. Or maybe they have. Ooh! I don't know what that noise was. I'm sorry. It wasn't the noise you made, and I... I tried to match it, but it came out different. Stone, we hope you got the desired reaction from this message that you did did for yourself and for Kristen. I have one for Mike, and it's from Skittles Joe, uh, who I thought was only on Still Buffering, but I guess he's he's crossing over. That fool's everywhere. Oh, God, he's crossing over. Get the blasters. Mike, I'm glad you survived your second fight with an SUV. I hope the miracles of modern medicine have helped you get your bones back together and your lung completely unlacerated. I look forward to many more years of your friendship, your wonderful puns, and your mockery of the Welsh. I hope these words from the McElroy brothers give you a laugh. Hey, Mike, want to buy a duck? I hope they don't give you too big of a laugh if you're if you're working through some lung stuff. Man, I hope Mike didn't die. Man, I hope. <laughs> oh, no, come on. Shoo. I just do. I do. Hope, I know, but I mean, that's I a, that for everybody. That's you know what? Like, I hope Mike never dies. Well, I hope Mike lives forever. Sure. I mean, if Mike's taken on two SUVs. And been fine. I think he's kid tested mother approved at this point. I don't think you blow Mike down with a. With a <laughs> yeah, di- uh, dibs on Mr. Glass. By the way, if we've got an unbreakable. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think Skittles Joe is going to be the Mr. Glass here, except it's like because his bones are like a bunch of Skittles. Mm-hmm. You know those commercials where the guy touches the stuff and it turns into Skittles. That's what Skittles. Yeah. That's what his bones are like. Oh, poor guy. Also, he's, oh, man. Samuel Jackson does not play him in this one. Unfortunately, couldn't get him. This is Samuel M. Jackson. <laughs> the, the next, next one, one in the alphabet. <laughs> yeah. 
New York City, listen up. Your fellow Max Fun listeners and hosts are gathering at Stuart Wellington's new Brooklyn bar, and you're invited. You probably know Stuart from his hilarious movie riffing on the Flophouse, but did you know he's also a small business owner? It's true. Join Stuart and a ton of new Max Fun friends at the Hinterlands Bar on Saturday, August 27th at 7 p.m. You can find more information at bit.ly slash MaxFunHinterlands. See you there. Hey, do you guys want a Yahoo? Hit me. So I'm sent in by level 9000 Yahoo Drew Drew Davenport. Thank you, Drew. It's by Yahoo Answers. User Kobe. Now that is a Yahoo Answers website page that loads good and right. We got two advertisements. They're both loading. They're both animating. It's going fucking great. Uh, Cody asks. Kobe asks. Is it normal to get aroused by the sight and smell of garlic bread? (laughs) Wow. This is a really sexy episode. So I was at the dinner table eating garlic bread with the family, and I started to feel a tingly sensation down there. And I asked to be excused to go to the toilet. And I pulled my pants down. Oh man, really? If you are a kid, <laughs> if you are a kid, please turn that. Please turn the pot. Sometimes, like we do live shows, and like twelve years olds come up to us and like, "Thank you for the thanks for helping shape us." And I'm like, "Fuck, that's not great, but okay." Um, but seriously, it's a crime if you don't turn. It's entrapment if you don't mute the podcast for the next five seconds. I asked to be excused to go to the toilet, and I pulled my pants down to find I was completely drenched. I don't think this is normal. What should I do? What? I'm like this for the Cheddar Bay Biscuits at Red Lobster. I get there and and it's Shrimp Fest and I get so excited for Shrimp Fest that I forget that it's always Cheddar Bay Biscuit Fest and then I'm just soaked. (laughs) Oh, God. God bless. Just soaked through. Uh Uh-huh. Garlic bread's really good sometimes. If it's that, if it's that like Texas toast garlic bread, where it's just like you're eating a, a frisbee-sized piece of bread and it's lightly garlicked on top, like fuck that shit. But if we're talking about some knots with some herbs in it and some garlicky cheesy butter you, in there, there's a wild variance in quality of garlic. Yeah, bread. Like, Wait, oh, you really is, don't know what you're gonna get. This is an important question, Griffin. In the Yahoo Answers question you just read. Had this person begun eating the garlic bread, or had the garlic bread, or were they just like anticipating the garlic bread? Uh, was, they were eating garlic bread. Okay, okay, that was important because I was going to say that this is an unfortunate experience. If if you feel this every time you anticipate garlic bread and then you eat it, and you're like, "Whoa, that didn't deserve that." There's a lot of unfortunate things about this, Travis. Um, namely, like, you can never go to Olive Garden. Well, you can go to Olive Garden once. <laughs> you better plan your day, though. You, maybe, you better maybe, have a whole exit strategy. Maybe do it on a birthday or something before you're 18. But do it on a birthday and just have it be, like, a really nice special day. And you just, like, no, going in, this is the lo- the first and only time I'll ever be allowed inside of an Olive Garden. Yeah, you'll you'll know if you find someone with this condition if you're an Olive Garden waiter. Because when you ask them what they want, they're the ones who stare off into the distance for 10 minutes. Yeah. Like, oh, what a question. Oh, what <laughs> What what does uh, one get a normal one, life? The, uh, any uh, what does one get at their one visit to the Olive Garden? <laughs> oh, what a what a question! How, any special? How is the spaghetti? Could I have <laughs> the garlic bread and a garlic bread sandwich and garlic bread with spaghetti on top of it, please? 
and a privacy curtain. <laughs> and maybe hum- a, like a couple bibs. I would humbly request that rather than bringing the bread first, as is a common practice, I would ask that you bring uh, my meal before the bread and perhaps the checks as well. <laughs> and then clear and a the, pathway for me. If you offer any Andy's mints, uh, I would request that you deliver those to uh, mine table uh, before the bread portion and, of the meal. And no, I will not remove my mask. And Thank one you more, very much. one more recommendation: just before you do bring that garlic bread, make sure to contact Mall Security ahead of time. <laughs> I will go willingly, but I don't want a lot of uh, this. Hey, this, this, Kevin. This Kevin that's talking to you right now will go willingly. <laughs> Garlic bread, Kevin. Fucking no rules, He's, just right. Is that your thing? I just spit fucking coffee on my face, you asshole. <laughs> Fuck. Um, now I got a whole situation here. For real, though? Garlic bread mm. is really good. So good, usually. Oh, I know the answer. Oh, and it might kill it. Listen, Yahoo answers question answer. Kobe? This might kill you, but it's the only way you're going to get through this. You're going to have to go through immersion therapy. Oh, God. You're just going to have to, like, spend a long, like, bank holiday weekend eating garlic bread nonstop. <laughs> By just the like, end, you will be super dehydrated. Yeah. Well, yeah, you got to be in a bathtub the whole you time. You could also learn how to uh, make garlic bread yourself. You'll have an advantage there because you'll always be the first one to know it's done. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. Wait. Hey, is it done yet? Nope, not yet. I'll tell you. Uh, Welcome to the weirdest episode of Great British Bake Off ever. (laughs) Oh, man, don't even let him in that tent. That's a a bad bake. (laughs) Don't eat that Mary. Mary, no. God, Mary. (laughs) Mary. (laughs) You simply cannot. That's got a soggy bottom. (laughs) Soggy bottom. It's a bad bake. Soggy front, more like. Twice a month, my family has a game night. We usually play Uno. Recently, my cousin, who's nine, started playing with us. When he plays, he's always sitting next to me. Every time his turn comes around, he plays his draw twos, draw fours, skips, and reverses on me. <laughs> and I never get a chance to play. And I always end up in last place because of his bullshit. At what age is it appropriate for me to tell him to stop being a fucking asshole? <laughs> That's from last place with 479 points. <laughs> this is so unbelievably it's, good. It's fucking bite-sized Moriarty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every turn, just always ready to thwart whatever plans you've cooked up. You have a nice combo all lined up, and he's, well, 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 draw four. Hey, Steven, do you remember when I was seven, and at my seventh birthday, you took the corner piece of cake? Draw four, motherfucker. Draw four. I've I've been planning this shit for t- honing my Uno skills for this moment. Um, here's the thing: if this interloper, this this little nine year old devil fish, is the first one to put the to put the screws to you like this while playing Uno, you and your family actually haven't been playing Uno up to this point. That's true. Because mm-hmm. Uno is a savage game about about hurting your opponents without reservation. It's why it's called Uno, because by the end of it, you'll feel alone and unsafe in the world, and like you're the only one you can trust. Yeah. It's it's actually pronounced you know, because now it's just like your, your little nine-year-old just fucked you over on the battlefield, and he's like, and now you know. 
<laughs> now you've had a taste. Now you know what Toby can do. <laughs> that's sort of like, that's about as good a pick as when uh, I was at the beach with my in-laws and several cousins and uncles. Uh, I thought it'd be fun if everybody played some werewolf. Oh, boy. Um, and just flash forward to an hour, <laughs> just a pure hour of everyone at the table calling everyone else a liar. Just like constantly everyone accusing everyone of lying for an hour. There's a lot of really good vibes uh, after that that sesh. And then you went to Joe's Crab Shack. Then we went to Joe's Crab Shack. Do we want to talk about the Margaritaville, um, the harrowing Margaritaville voyage that you tried to go on? Uh, okay, so... I'm at the beach, living the beach lifestyle like Island Boy do. You know how he does it. And we head over to Broadway on the beach, uh, which is in Myrtle Beach, which was about a half hour from Polly's. Oh, jeez, you I had to staying. drive a half hour on this? And it was 40 minutes of the traffic, oh, my dude. Damn, dude. So we drive 40 minutes over there, and first off, we park at the opposite end of the place from the Margaritaville. So I'm like, oh, fuck, going to get a good walk, going to be all sweaty for for Jim when I show up. <laughs> That's embarrassing. On the drive over, my father-in-law, Tommy, uh, uh, Low Country Tom, tells me that if I, uh, the the last time he was at Margaritaville, uh, fucking he rolled up and the place was packed. Who's there playing a set? Well, why is James God, Buffett I would <gasps> playing a set? So what? My anticipation is already like off the charts. It's like I've been eating garlic bread all day. I'm out of control just here. Flooded. Just now, that you flooded. Just basement is flooded. Just drenched. Now, have you been to a, a Margaritaville before, Justin? Was this your first experience? Yeah, but it was before I went through the change of life. Oh, I see. Which mm. means becoming a dad and getting really into Jimmy Buffett. So, uh, I, I, we walk through this place, and it's sort of like if Jersey Shore, like not, it's not, not Jersey Shore the TV show, but like it's got that like boardwalk vibe. Mm. But it's but it's you know in the sweltering miserable ninety five degree heat of South Carolina and we're strolling along. I have to walk past a, a closed down Magic Quest, which is oh, like the fuck. saddest. Oh, I know, no. fucking brutal. I I walk past a magic shop that I didn't have time to go into because I was so hungry for some of that coconut shrimp prepared by JB himself. Had the magic and shop I, absorbed all the magic from Magic Quest, and that's why you it know they thought it was a heyday. They were like, "Well, listen, there's a lot of wands over there. Let's go get our get our fill, pick it clean." <laughs> they like the vultures it. we are. Um, so we get to to margaritaville it it is 5 30 somewhere i'm gonna say the afternoon <laughs> it is 5 30 somewhere and it's 5 30 there as well so i should have anticipated that five o'clock is the worst time to go to margaritaville obviously but we show up at 5 30 my daughter is like basically like dehydrated she's just a husk that i'm like dragging <laughs> behind me on a leash and we're like dead, basically. We're like on the verge of death. And I show up and I'm just, I'm looking around, like peeking around. Like I know JB's probably expecting me because he heard Island Boys on his way over. I get in there and they tell us that to see our party, we are going to have to wait. This is not an exaggeration. Two hours. Whoa. Wow. How many were in your party? 30, seven 36. Seven and a baby. 36, no, seven people and a baby. 
That he was a people too, but like you got to specify that for a high chair. Well, okay, you so, you ex- you explained the weight actually earlier in the story, and that is that Jim James Buffett the third is making all the coconut shrimp himself. <laughs> it is the only thing on the menu, which is kind of weird. Like they don't, he, weird. he doesn't know how to make margaritas, which is like he's obviously very successful. He has other, he has people to do that for him, but he can make a mean fucking coconut shrimp. So you mainly just come in and you get the you get the shrimp, no questions asked. Um, but it does take him a while to prepare them. So two hours, two hours of waiting, two hours. No way. Absolutely cannot do it. And what's that like lurking over my shoulder behind me? You guessed it. Fucking Joe's Crab Shack. The second choice. Like we're always second choice. America's second choice. Yeah. America's second choice. And like I would have had to walk. Like if we did want to eat Joe's Crab Shack, we would have had to walk all the way the fuck back up here to eat it like the Japanese hibachi place at the Myrtle, Myrtle Beach Broadway on the beach. Like no, not happening. Yeah. It's got to be Joe's Crab Shack. We would have died. We wouldn't have lived. I get in there. They're playing uh, uh, Matchbox Twenties. Um, not one of the good ones. Oh. Like my favorite. <laughs> Yeah, no, actually my favorite one. And I'm like, whoa, this is this is pretty okay. I sit down, I order a crab pot, they put a bib on Oh me. man, does and it I'm say a- something like this guy's a queef? It's <laughs> <laughs> It was a dick's last resort, Chris. Oh, sorry. Resort. No, I got confused. This is just one. They put one on me that says shrimp and ain't easy. Okay, so they do write on them. It did right, but on it didn't. It didn't say this guy's a real. But this I'm guy's the a real queef. Only, I didn't realize that I'm the only one at the table that ordered a dish that. Um, th- that necessitated in a bib, Ooh. and I'm also the only one at the table who is not living a life in which physical fitness is a large component. Oh no! To put it in a ginger way, so it's like it literally looks like they it, they have. T- I, I don't know a nice way of saying this. The, the, I'm shaming myself here, but I'm the only fat one, and I have a bib and claw crackers that they brought special for me. Literally 20 minutes before I did not need to be living this life for 20 minutes before the food arrived. They addressed it like very early on in the meal. I was drinking a huge uh, glass of blue drink that had a shark filled with a red drink that I poured into it called a shark bite. There was a limit too on those on the menu. It said, "Wait, was it a was the vessel the shark vessel full of red liquid? Was it a glass shark? No, sadly, it was a rubber shark that I done that I did. My uncle Michael did steal it though. So that damn Mike, you can't leave me anything on this the worst day of Justin's life." You couldn't leave him anything. No, he stole it for John. He didn't just like steal it from from Joe's Crab Shack. Oh, I see. Um, so uh, just when. I think you should change his not, name in case they're looking for him, Justin. Just when I think this could not get any darker, uh, JB has abandoned me. Just to recap, JB has abandoned me. I'm wearing a bib that says shrimp and any easy. And I'm the one only one there on it. <laughs> so I want to on it. Uh, another facet there is a guy making with a balloon hat making balloon animals no. table to table God, and i can no. just see from his orbit that he's like about to collide with planet j man <laughs> and i'm like th- this cannot get any fucking worse and then over the radio tracy chapman's fast car um, comes on in the joe's crab shack i love this fucking song yeah. i do not want that and like 
jalapeno slammers to be in the same zip code. Yeah. It is uncalled for that I should be subjected to Tracy Chapman's beautiful dirge of pining and longing for a better life that shall never arrive than why I'm sloppily eating Cajun crab legs out of a bucket with a bib while I balloon dipshit hovers and waits for his moment to pounce. It was the worst day of my life, but the desserts were okay. <laughs> Three out of five stars. And a s'mores thing. And this concludes my Yelp review. <laughs> and and then and then we went to the Gilligan's Island Goofy Golf. The only Yelp review said that the every time this guy goes, there's someone pleasuring themselves on the sixth hole. <laughs> and he said that's a must. What's that? What was the sixth hole? It was nothing. There was nothing there. There was no one pleasuring themselves. But there wasn't a, a particularly <laughs> sexy bunker. No, but it did. I mean, it made sense. There was a shack that said garlic bread, except the sign had been like painted over. So obviously it was no longer available. Yeah. Which maybe explains that. But um, yeah, so that was that was the basically the hardest day of my life. And and I blame Jimmy Buffett. Why isn't it. the media covering this is what I want to know. Where is the media? That's what I want to know. Give Lochte a break for a second. He'll be there. Okay, he's not going to swim away. He's got, Trust, well, he's going to keep on fucking up. So just like wait till tomorrow. Just come give me a day in the light. Give me a day in the light. Just my day at court. <laughs> that island court. You wouldn't sue James, would you? Who would you no, sue? No, I just want, I just want a, a, a small, I mean. Give me a list. Give me a Kill Bill top five list of people who wronged you in this story. Starting with like, number five until we get up to the main, the main offender. Okay. Number five, myself. I did agree to go, and I knew that it was in Myrtle Beach. Yeah, um, that's not really one of Island Boys' hangouts. That kind of violates his whole chill lifestyle. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I blame the server for not recognizing me. Like the the greeter at J- Jimmy Buffett's uh, Margaritaville. Yeah, I blame him for not recognizing me from podcasting. Yeah. How many times did you say the phrase "Don't you know who I am"? Uh, just, just the once, but I thought that would be enough. I said, uh, I'm about to shoot a streaming TV show, uh, sir. That didn't, um, that didn't And I've made many jokes about my fanhood of James Buffett, so. Yeah, can you call, so number three, James, but I can't really blame him. He can't be everywhere at once, and the server, despite my request, the greeter would not call him hmm. on like the 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 coconut telegraph or whatever they use to communicate with uh with with Jimmy. Um, so you just, that would so that, be that would be your kill Bill interaction there, where you actually were interacting with Bill and you didn't want to do it, but you knew you had to yeah. to give your life some kind of like closure. Right. Did you know if you cut a coconut open and you whisper into it? He'll he'll hear it, but he might not always answer the way oh, you think. He, yeah, yeah, you're not gonna get. You the gotta look out for signs. For. You're not gonna get the answer you want, but you're always gonna get the answer you need. Thanks, James. Number Thanks, two, James. Number two, number one, just real quick. God. Okay. Uh huh. Obviously, and uh, I feel like well, Tracy Chapman had a hand in this somehow. Tracy Chapman did. Maybe we swap Tracy Chapman number two for just being such a talented heartbreakingly good songwriter yeah. um rob thomas 2a yeah for not like for dropping the ball with matchbox 20 just like letting that whole shit maybe we're all to blame for matchbox 20 not being the prominent force in media yeah why didn't we appreciate them as much as we should have everyone else I know that's I not me every review you read of their albums is just like i wish it was why not why isn't it matchbox 30 or 40 and it's like can you focus <laughs> on the fucking music instead of talking about how the number could be higher 
Um, We're smooth too. The sequel to Smooth. We're all waiting. Google and God, number one, and I guess Yelp for not telling me that there would be a review. I blame a lot of people. Yeah. Side note: Do you guys feel like Matchbox Twenty is like getting some heat? It's again? getting some heat again. Yeah. A lot of people are talking about Smooth. A lot of people talk about Smooth, and I feel like we've rounded the bend. Like when remember when Dwight started listening to Billy Joel as a joke, and then he got really into Billy Joel. I feel like we're all making that Billy Joel switch. Yeah. With with Matchbox Twenty, we're kind of appreciating that like they did have some pretty fucking good songs. Yeah. They did make a lot of sense like lyrically, but there are still some pretty good tunes. I've been on board with MV Twenty since day one. Yeah. I I found them. Here's a a little. This might be controversial. But as much as I love Dave Matthews' band, oh God. I found Matchbox 20 to be uh, a, a solid, if not better, Dave Matthews' band alternative. Like someone who maybe uh, is lactose intolerant and they only drink almond milk. Matchbox 20 is the almond milk of music. Do you know who, do you know who was in Cincinnati last night just a scant month before Travis is to make his home there? Uh, why it's Rob Thomas and Counting Crows. I would have Ooh. destroyed that show. Yeah, dude. Shit, that's a good lineup. It's a good lineup. I would have crushed that show. <sighs> what if those two forces get together and they start a band called Mashbox 30 and the OG crew of Mashbox 20 is like, yo, Rob, yo, Bobby, yo, Bobby Tom, what's going on? You can't just do that to me and us, the rest of the band Mashbox 20. And Rob Thomas is like, I don't even know you guys anymore. But that's true because he's in a fugue state where he can no longer remember Matchbox 20. And I'm worried about him. Did Carlos so Santana cast a memory spell on him? That's yeah. all I want to know. And for a while, he was just a show creator and he made uh, Veronica Mars. Yeah. Didn't and they were that. like, come back to music. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I've always been a show creator yeah. because of a weird curse that Carlos that Santana, Santana put on him. He played the Forbidden Riff. <laughs> uh, super quick update from the Wikipedia page of Matchbox 20. Not reading any facts this time. Just want to say they have that timeline that shows when everybody was in the band and what have you. And it extends to 2017, which I Whoa! feel like is maybe, okay. maybe getting a little bit above. It's, it's like birthday. the Mayan calendar of Wikipedia pages. Like Rob Thomas, I think will probably go on there and say, "Okay, yeah, yeah, probably." I mean, yes, and then in, yes, in, true. In fe- but February 2017, there's going to be the Great Cataclysm. And, but then mm-hmm. Rob Thomas is going to get back in the group and be like, guys, time for the Smooth sequel, Smooth 2. It's still a hot one. <laughs> dun, dun. It's a like hot. six inches from the midday sun. <laughs> it's a hot one again. <laughs> <laughs> and it's you're still, still like the ocean. <laughs> um. So this has been our podcast, My Brother, My Brother, and Me. It's an advice show. I would like to know if it's still a hot one, though. I mean, Global, global Warming's really just going buck wild, and I think it just, like, Rob Thomas has a, a sort of a responsibility. Uh, I did want to tell everybody, uh, before we get into all the all the stuff we got to talk about real quick, I guess this is one of the stuffs. So um, Wednesday, September 7th, uh, 7 p.m., uh, Joseph Beth Booksellers, I am going in Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm going to be there uh, moderating a discussion with the co-creators and authors of uh, Welcome to Night Vale, Joseph Fink and Jeffrey Craner. Um, that is should be really fun. I really love uh, Night Vale, and it should promises to be a, an illuminating discussion, despite my participation in it. I'll probably uh, be there too, but I'll just be like looking at books and drinking coffee and just like hanging out. And Joe Beth. Yeah. I've missed Joe Beth. Uh, so that uh, there's more information on that. 
uh, at welcome to nightvale.com. And uh, anyway, that's 7 p.m. September 7th. If you're uh, around that area in Cincinnati, you should um, you should come on out because I think that it'll be um, I think that it'll be really fun. I personally, I th- I think sure for me, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, and uh, if you're around, if you're in the LA, just another quick plug. If you're in the LA area, September 22nd, our friend Kate Leth is going to be doing a similar uh, gig with them. So should be pretty cool. And if you're in the LA area right now, just go to Travis's fucking place and get you some patio furniture. I Maybe. guarantee you're going to love it. I'll give it to you for 25 bucks. That's You won't do it on the free skis, huh? Um, I want to thank John Roderick and the Long Winters for the use of our theme song, Into Departure, off the album Putting the Days to Bed. It's a great song, great album. Um, I want to thank the Max Fun Network for having us. You can go to MaximumFun.org and just start listening to some good, good podcasts like One Bad Mother, Stop Podcasting Yourself, Throwing Shade. Um, there's there's so many great ones uh, that, that I guarantee you're going to love. Just go to MaximumFun.org and check it out. And we also have other podcasts that we do, which you can find all of them at McElroyShows.com. Uh, and uh, you can find all like the video stuff we do there as well. It's 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 full of all of our content. Catch I also it. just want to oh, say yeah. I also just want to say that we're like ramping up into beginning production on our TV show. And just like as a personal note, I'm super excited about it. Yeah, I fuck think, yeah. I think you all are really gonna like it. We've 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 been trying as we've been like talking about it to think like what would our listeners like above all. And I'm very excited about it. And I can't wait to get started. Yeah. We're gonna. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. Anything else, boys? Um, you like follow us on Twitter? Oh, no, we're not gonna do that. All right, here we go with the. But you final could Yahoo. do that if you. I'm just saying, like you could. Final Yahoo that. sent in by Morgan Davies Yahoo Gravy. Boy, I hope we don't forget about that by the next episode. How could we? Uh, it's from a non-Yahoo answers user. It's something's gone wrong. Call him Canada asks. What is the relationship between emo culture and emo Phillips? <laughs> I'm Justin McElroy. I'm Griffin McElroy. It's been my brother, my brother, me. Kiss your dad square on the lips. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. I'm Travis. And I'm Andy. And we host Bunker Buddies, a comedy apocalypse podcast every Wednesday on MaximumFun.org. We've got a brand new format for our podcast that we hope you want to come and check out. We try out products for your go bag. We'll try out cheddar larvae and cricket bars so you don't have to. We play Would You Rather and answer questions from the audience. And we have great guests that pop into the bunker. It's everything you love about the show and more. Come check it out every Wednesday here on MaximumFun.org. Stay safe out there. There's always hope and cheesecake.